talking this morning a lot about pre- being prepared and preparing for things, and I just want to think about getting prepared. You know, it seems like it, well, I don't know if it doesn't necessarily start at Thanksgiving. Sometimes it starts before then. It starts all t- kinds of times. You know, we start preparing for for the Christmas season. You know, we think about lights and shopping and decorating and activities and, and all the things that go into preparing, preparing. And I want to say something about preparing. You know, we all look at it differently. And I really believe a lot of the preparation for Christmas and a lot of the activity around Christmas, it has a lot to do with our personalities. Okay? Everybody looks at it different. You know, some people see it in very sentimental ways and, you know, very nostalgic and and uh, have these dreams about Christmas. And some just go, Oh, yeah, it'll get here and, you know, we'll celebrate and it'll go on and we'll have another Christmas. And so so there's a lot of different ways of looking at Christmas. And I don't think anything is necessarily right or wrong. We just come from different points of view sometimes as we prepare. Um, We prepare for things like family coming. You know, if we prepare for family coming, we who should come? Who should come? You know, who's going to come? Who can come? Some are far away, can't come. We decide when they should come. Well, this is when this is when we're going to do Christmas this year. I don't know in your families how it works, but you know, some families, when you start to your kids get older and they go different families, you know, then everybody gets like, well, our family meets on this day because they're the rest of the kids go here on that day, and so you know, everybody's got their time slots to make everything kind of work, and you don't mess with that. Hopefully. Every once in a while, somebody messes with it. And, you know, and it's not always the best thing to do, you know, because you don't want to mess with people's Christmas, you know. And when we think about, you know, activities and family and, you know, well, when we think about family getting together, some of us have to think about, well, I wonder how they're going to act. How's the family going to act? Are they going to get along this year? You know, are they going to not complain, not complain about it, you know, and, I think one of the things we have to be very careful of, no matter who we are, we have to be very careful about our expectations about that. You know, sometimes we just need to be willing to say, well, whoever comes, comes, and it's okay. It's okay. It's not going to ruin the day. You know, sometimes we uh, we kind of get in our heads who should be there, and we kind of think it should be this way, this way, or this way. One of the things I want to say is, and I hope I say this to you, think about this. Think about the fact that maybe you ought to think about somebody you could invite that normally doesn't come or has a Christmas. You know, that you could you could invite somebody to your Christmas. You know, somebody that doesn't have the opportunity. Maybe their family's all gone. Maybe their family's away. Or you don't know if there's lots of situations out there that people are available, are available. So you could invite somebody to Christmas. And, uh, you know, now, I say that now. Here's what happens sometimes if, if you do that, there might be parts of your family that go, what? I don't want them coming to my Christmas. Christmas is for our family. And I don't want those people coming and ruining our Christmas. You know, and then we have to think about it. Well, what are we really all about? So one of the things we prepare for is family get-togethers, which I think are great. We just had one yesterday. We had Mary side the family was get-together yesterday. So, you know, that one they do real early. And uh, it was, it was you know, we had a great time. 
And some of them couldn't be there. You know, there's only five out of seven. But there was five out of seven there, and those are the ones that we celebrated with. Um, and then we think about gifts. You know, you prepare for gifts. Oh, and some people, that's, this is a real big deal. Who do I buy for? Who do I buy for? How much should I spend? How much should I spend? My, my, my hope and desire is you only spend what you have. You know, so that, so that January isn't a big problem. You know, so please just spend what you have. Sometimes some of us have to worry about how do we keep it even and fair. If you've got several children. I don't know if you have that problem in your family, but you know, um, in some families, there are parts of the family that will sit there and they're almost like they've got a built-in adding machine. And as you hand out gifts, they're adding them up in their head and they're going, okay, I'm, I got this much. Oh, my other sibling got this much. Wow, okay, now we're even. You know, and, they, and they almost sit there and can add this up and then say, wow, this isn't fair. I always say that who says we should be fair? Who says we should keep it even? You know, life isn't that way, so I don't know why, but, but sometimes that's a big deal. Sometimes we see that jealousy becomes a problem. Here we are at Christmas celebrating Jesus' birth, and now we got jealousy entering into the situation. Sometimes we worry about what, I'm, what am I going to get? What am I going to get? What's, what's in it for me? Mary, Mary's family, we always do, do just do a white elephant gift. And there's, this is really funny because parts of the family think it's just, oh, just get something funny. And then parts of them buy kind of nice things. So you could have, you got part of the family that gets like a really nice present and somebody else gets a joke. <laughs> that's a real test of character. <laughs> you know, it's like, whoa, wait a minute. I did good this year. I got a nice present. So <laughs> I, I did good. But, but you know, but, you know, I mean, what's it all about as we prepare? Do we spend a lot of time? Is that, does that occupy a lot of our time as we prepare? And all the activities. Oh, my goodness. You know, activities at Christmas. We go to the ones. Which ones we go to? Well, I want to go to the ones I like. I want to go to the activities I like. Or maybe I want to go to the activities that I went to when I was little. The ones that mean something. You know, for if you're more sentimental, that's kind of the way you approach that. I want to go to the things that I did when I was a kid, you know, and I, I like doing that, and that's, that's what I want to do. So if I like doing it, I think everybody else should want to go too. You know, now, it depends. You don't know if you're in a position to pull that off, but, you know, I think we have to be sensitive. Sensitive to others. What do others want to go to? Um, one of the things that I would suggest is I hope that when you get done with Christmas as you prepare and go to activities, when it's all over, you're not completely wore out. You know, sometimes maybe we almost feel compelled to do all these things. And when it's all said and done, maybe we're wore out. Because we've, we've just prepared, you know, and we've, we've, we've got all this stuff to do. And when it's all said and done, we, we're, all, we're, just, we're just completely wore out. You know, other consideration is, um, you know, maybe we ought to think more along the lines of, well, what's really Christmas all about? Maybe I ought to consider that I ought to think about other people. Maybe I should teach my children how to reach out to others at this time. It's a good time to teach 
giving and not just receiving? You know, it's a good time to to think about other things that are important. Um, is there someone that has a need? Someone who's going through a hard time this year? Somebody that maybe I could reach out special to? Our family could do something special for? Is it possible to just enjoy a simple Christmas? When we get to January, do we think, oh, you know, I used to like the simple Christmas. You know, honestly, I remember back to Christmas when I was a child, and it was much more simple, even even from that period of time. Now, as you go back a little further, I think it got even simpler. But but you know, it's it was pretty simple when I was a kid. You didn't I we didn't have a lot of activities that I could remember. Church was the main thing we did. We went to church. You know, we got simple things. We got little, you know, we got an orange and a box of candy. You know, that was, and you could bet on it every Christmas. You're getting an orange and a box of candy. It was, that was standard procedure. And, uh, and we always look forward to it, you know. And uh, we got together with family, and that was Christmas. That was pretty simple, pretty simple. I often wonder, you know, since it's really Jesus' birthday, did you ever sit and think, now I wonder what I wonder what he thinks about the way we celebrate his birthday. I mean, it's really his birthday. I mean, have we kind of taken it away from him? <laughs> I mean, have we kind of went from being his birthday to now it's something that this is how I want to do it, and this is the things I want to do, and we've kind of got into this whole other mode. And I just often think about, wow, how does how does he look at all that? How does he how does you know it's his birthday? How does he like the way we celebrate? You know, what's he think about all this? I think it's something to think about. But you know, you can't get prepared for Jesus' birthday again because honestly, folks, I don't want to discourage anybody, but he's already been born. Okay, so just just so you know that, he's already been born, so we're not getting prepared for him to be born again. He's been born, okay? We're preparing to celebrate his birthday, and that's okay. But you know, we need to remind ourselves that the big thing we're doing is we're getting ready for his return. You know, that's what we're really that's what we're really preparing ourselves for. In Matthew the twenty fifth chapter, Jesus told a parable and he says, The kingdom of heaven in the first verse, the kingdom of heaven is like ten virgins. And they took their lamps and they went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. And those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. Whereas they had lamps, but they had no oil to burn. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. The, you know, that's interesting. When I read that, the bridegroom was delayed. You know, we think Jesus is delayed. You know, it's kind of like, well, he hasn't come yet, so I don't know. He's kind of must be in hold in holding pattern. You know, no, he's going to come at the right time. You know, he's just he's just delayed. He's just waiting right now. But what happened to the, those the virgins? They all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and they trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answer said, No, lest, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but rather go and sell and to those who sell and buy for yourselves. 
So while they went out to buy, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. And he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I don't know you. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour which the Son of Man is coming. This tells us real plain that, you know, Jesus saying, get prepared. Be prepared. Don't slumber or sleep. Get prepared. You know, how do we prepare for his coming? How do we, how do we, how do we stay prepared? You know, we stay prepared by knowing him, first of all. We have to stay in a constant relationship with him. We have to know him. We have to be born again. We have to know him. And then I believe we have to keep looking for him. You know, we have to keep looking for that day. That's, that's what we're preparing for. There's a day coming when he's going to return. And it's almost, if, we're, you know, if we don't at least talk about it sometimes, I think we're not going to be ready. We have to remember there's a day coming, and he's going to return. He's going to return. And we also stay prepared by realizing the time is short, you know. And if the day isn't short for Jesus coming, your days are short. How's that? You know, you think you got a lot of days? It's short, folks. I'm telling you. The Bible says it's like a vapor. It's quick. You know, um, you know we think we always got a lot of time, but it doesn't take long. Time goes fast. So the day of his return, the day of coming, the day of meeting him face to face isn't far off. So we need to be we need to be busy doing what he's called us to do, reaching out to others, telling them of the gospel, spreading his word wherever we have opportunity so others might know. We stay ready. We stay ready. And we we have that desire to be prepared because once he comes, it says there's no time to prepare then. It says those virgins, the ones that were ready, they, they went in with the bridegroom and then the door was shut. It wasn't like, well, you had a cushion. You know, there was, it wasn't like, well, here, we'll give you an hour to see if you can find some oil and you can get ready. No, the door was shut. And they come and they said, Lord, Lord, you know, let us in. And he said, I don't know you. I don't know you. I don't know you. You aren't prepared. You're not one of my children. You're not ready. I don't know you. Had a little bit of a discussion yesterday with, with a family member about that. That how could a loving God shut the door? How could a loving God shut the door? Well, you know, a loving God gives us all the opportunity that he can so that we're in. And when he shuts the door, we've made the choices not to be in. You know, those, those are choices that we make. Those are decisions we make. What are we preparing for? Are we prepared for his return? Are we ready when he comes again? When he comes again? Because, you know, that's the next event. That's the next event we're going to, we're going to uh, experience, the next big event. We're going to be a lot of other things in between, but the next great event is Jesus' return. His return. And I'm always, I'm always, one of my favorite scriptures, and I had a picture made, and I, I thought about bringing it. I didn't bring it today, but I probably should have. But one time I, I asked uh, Michael Klink, uh, Katie, Katie O'Brien's husband, Katie Klink, um, I asked him to draw me a picture. And the picture was of this verse that I'm going to read. And it's his, 
It's his. He did it. He did an oil painting for me and, and Jesus returning on a white horse. And, uh, you know, it's his it's his it's his picture of what it is. It's not, you know, but it, it's really neat. It's really neat. A neat picture. But the scripture says that I saw heaven open. And behold, a white horse. And he who sat on it was faithful and true. In righteousness, he judges and makes war. You know, you know, that's how he judges in righteousness. You know, it's we don't understand that because when we think about judgment, we think, well, it's not right. It's harsh. But he does it in righteousness. He does it righteously. And it says his eyes were like a flame of fire. And on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dripped in blood. And his name is called the word of God. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations. And he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the, the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of the Almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name which is written, King of kings and Lord of lords. And you know, he came as a baby, and that's a neat picture. But, you know, he's coming again as king of kings and lord of lords. And he's going to rule and reign. And we sang today, and we will reign with him forever. Forever. That's what we need to prepare for. We prepare for his return. You know, we do things in this life now, but we, we don't want to get ourselves so caught up in even life that we're not prepared, that we're not prepared for when he returns and we're not ready to receive him so that when he shuts the door, we're with him. We're with him. And we can be with him forever and ever and reign with him forever and ever. Let's all stand. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, that that you are coming again. And that, Lord, as we know you and we're one of your children, Lord, that we can reign with you forever and ever. Lord, I pray if there's anyone here today that, that doesn't know you, that's not one of your children, that's never received you as the King of kings and the Lord of lords, their Savior. Lord, that they would make that decision today. Lord, that they would make that decision to be one of your children, receive you, to turn away from their sins and to accept your forgiveness. Lord, we just thank you for that. We thank you, Lord, that we can look with expectation and look with a preparedness, Lord, for your return. Lord, we just thank you for that. Thank you for being with us, Lord. Help us, Lord, to see the urgency of sharing with those around us, Lord, that we would share your love and your message of forgiveness with those around us. Lord, we just thank you for that. We just ask you to be with us now. Lord, as we go through the rest of the, the day and, and as we prepare for Christmas, Lord, just help us to keep our hearts right before you. Lord, we just thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. We pick up chairs today.